Good morning, folks. Good morning, morning. Welcome along. Good to see you here. A few of the early birds up and at it, which is awesome. Brendan, good to see you, mate, as always. While things are warming up, I'll do the intros. Most of you know, though, you guys know this part of the show, but if you're brand new, if you're uh, finding us somehow, either just joined our program, one of our clients that uh, haven't jumped on a live before, or uh, you may have found us accidentally, don't even know why you're here. Welcome. Jason Witten's my name, if you didn't already know. Been property investing for a little while, uh, over the last 20 years. I just got an alert on my phone here about, uh, about a banking transfer. There you go. Anyway, that's good. Watch out for uh, scams. I'll get on with the show. <laughs> got distracted. My bank just sent me a message. Did you make a transfer? And I'm like, I don't know. Did I? Anyway, checking out. Let's uh, let's keep rolling, Jason. Getting distracted here. But uh, good to see a few of you on this morning. And uh, welcome along. There's Alison as well. Good to see you, mate. Uh, back in the house. Fantastic to have you here. What we're going to do today, we're going to keep going with our uh, with our bit of a deep dive and a um, uh, bit of a deep dive into our check-in on the year. And uh, we've done a few things. I was going to sort of do a bit of a refresher this morning of what we've gotten up to uh, so far, folks. And then uh, we're going to dive into something uh, in a minute. But, uh, you know, we're checking in, getting started for the year. Where are you now? Where do you want to be? What's holding you back? Do you have a plan? What's going on? Have you got your team organized? You know, that was the first catch up we, uh, we, we talked about. We talked about some of the fundamental conversations behind the scenes, you know, what type of strategy or what type of um, property and, and, and uh, diversification strategy you might use. You know, uh, we talked about the proximity of profit process. Uh, we talked about the income engine yesterday. These are underneath the actual property that you buy. Uh, some of the theories, some of the conversations around your, um, <laughs> yeah, Brandon, <laughs> uh, some of your uh, thoughts behind when you take action, what's going to happen, what do you need to do, uh, you know, and how you're going to go about it. So, We've knocked that into a little bit of shape. If you uh, haven't seen those ones, folks, pop back and watch a few of the replays uh, of the ones of recent times. But today, today, ladies and gents, I thought we might dive into the seven plans of um, our property investing uh, future. The seven plans you you need to uh, create or keep an eye on these seven plans over your investing time frame. Now, we talk about this all the time. You guys know this. You guys know the drill, the three stages we kind of identify that uh, we might be in when it comes to our property investing, the acquisition, the consolidation, our either lifestyle or legacy stage, uh, our legacy stage. And uh, at any time in your sort of journey, you might be moving forward or you might be taking a step back to rearrange things to go forward. Uh, and we say, or we've got a conversation about the seven plans. So you've got the three stages of your investment um, process, the seven plans that need to be in play at any one time, uh, and your six-star team who need to help you get those seven plans 
done and dusted and up and out of the way. All right. So that's the conversation today. I want to sort of take you through and we'll dive deeper into these seven plans over the next few days. Uh, well, over the next seven days after this. So uh, let's uh, have a bit of a look. And now tell me in the chat, you might know the plans, the seven plans. Put them in the chat if you do. If you don't, I'm going to go through them and we'll have a quick conversation about them as we go along. Seven plans. Number one, the first plan is the idea of, good morning, Catherine, um, your acquisition plan, okay, your acquisition plan. Part of what we went through over the last few days is the idea of when you take action, what action are you taking? Where are you buying? What type of property will you buy? The, um, uh, the property strategy you might deploy at the same time, the acquisition plan, right? Based around the capital growth or the cash flow or a combination of both that you are looking to achieve when it comes to your property investing. All right, acquisition plan, very important when it comes to being an investor because let's face it, folks, uh, it's all hot air and sunshine unless you buy a damn property, all right? Uh, and to be honest, unless you buy multiple investment properties, at least three is the statistics I see. Property investing uh, is not going to work as well as you might think uh, if you don't get at least three. We say five to six is a good number over a seven to 10 year period. That's kind of the, the number that gives you uh, an opportunity to get good momentum. Probably there might be one or two duds in there or lemons that you sort of purchase and then it's not really doing its thing. You thought it was and then it doesn't. You know, nobody's immune to, you know, something not going perfectly to plan. So if you buy one and it doesn't go to plan, then you're like, shit, that's 100% of what I've done. Uh, if you buy five or six and one doesn't go to plan, it's only a small percentage. Five is what, 20%? Six would be 15, I think, or something like that. So, you know, the percentage of risk uh, of one not working goes down the more you have. Uh, I'm a bit of a fan of a little bit of safety in numbers in that sort of sense. So the acquisition plan, ladies and gents, how many properties, you know, the how many properties the dollar amount and the cash flow of those properties, you know, what is it that you're aiming for to achieve in your acquisition plan? Okay, not that down pat. Now, what we will do in seven days is we'll talk about where these acquisition plans, where these seven plans land in. Right, the second one. Right. Now, the lending uh, is interesting. It's important. Well, because sometimes your lending plan is uh, different at different stages. Lending plan or in the acquisition stage, the buying stage. Uh, here, or the borrower have access to your uh, your capital and your equity is different to lending over here. Well, not necessarily different, but there's different reasons and different styles of loans and different lending behaviors, okay? So the lending plan, what is it? You know, is, uh, are you structuring your lending for maximum borrowing? Uh, and, uh, you know, you're going to put a bit of money in because it's all about the purchasing of the properties and the cash flow is not the issue. Uh, are you structuring your lending for aggressive debt reduction? 
because, you know, you've bought a few properties and now you need to really, you know, debt reduce that uh, non-deductible debt. What, what might it be, right? Um, you know, are you structuring your lending so uh, it gives you the best upfront cash flow and buying and servicing, you know, <clears throat> interest only on every loan for five years at least so you can get the borrowing going and then you might do another five years and then you'll do P&I afterwards or something like that, right? So, folks, what is your lending plan? And obviously, your lending plan would change as you go along, but you've got to have one at the start to get rolling and then um, uh, adjust it as you go along, okay? So, you know, loan-to-value ratios, um, you know, interest rates, um, terms, you know, how long is the, the, the loan, you know, um, and, uh, you know, P&I or interest only, et cetera, et cetera, okay? Those things are pretty important to really sort of get dialed and, and make sure we understand as we go along. Some um, the next couple of ones is a uh, property management. Help you. Now, put it in the chat for me, folks. How do they help you know for most? for you know the legislation and all that at the end of the day um, not only but uh, at the end of the day bring cash flow over time help maintain the property in a way that the property grows in value okay so that's what we're uh, wanting our property manager to do how do you plan with a property manager and what do they get up to and and uh, all sorts of things. Pretty important to have dialed. And that property management plan, um, you know, uh, might extend over 15 or 20 years. You know, Sam talks about the sort of the, the 15 year, every 12 to 15 year rejuvenation of each of your properties. Bring the property up to speed so it can still compete in the world of rentability and maximize your uh, rental income okay so in part of your property management plan is to say all right uh, next year i'll replace the carpets and in five years i'll i'll replace the bathrooms or whatever okay so you know how do you how do you put that into your plan as you manage your properties as you go along folks uh, and uh, dive deep into that all right uh, one of my favorites folks is a tax minimization plan Tax min plan, all right? Tax min plan, where as property investors, there's a number of taxes and duties uh, that we're exposed to. And for us as property investors, we have to understand how to navigate those. Uh, morning, Fritz. Um, we have to understand how to navigate those folks and minimize them legally. Don't break the rules, use the rules to get you what you need. Okay, get you what you need because uh, for most property investors I sit down with and our coaches sit down with, it's not the challenge of uh, you don't have enough. 
it's often you're not doing the most or the best with what you have to begin with, which is, you know, our income and our, uh, our equity and, and, and other things, you know, maximizing all of those, making sure they're as efficient as possible, okay, as efficient as possible. So a tax minimization plan, you know, we, we've got to have a look at how do we minimize our income tax? How do we minimize our capital gains tax? Um, how do we minimize, you know, stamp duty, uh, land tax? You know, there is a few taxes, unfortunately, we're exposed to as property investors. Uh, or fortunately, we can manage very effectively, way more effectively than uh, someone who is um, not a property investor. Folks, that's just the way it is, uh, which is another benefit of being a property investor or building a property investment portfolio. You get access to some things that uh, other people don't uh, in that space, all right? So we're minimizing our tax. Uh, another plan that needs to be in place, and sometimes it's in place right from the start, sometimes it's a two or three or four stage plan, is a plan to reduce debt. <coughs> debt reduce, right? Um, so, you know, over, over here in our sort of, um, you know, three stages, your values of your, um, your property and rent might go up over time. Let's call this 20 years. 20 years. Your cash flow might be negative, but over time, because the rents go up and the debts go down, that's the debts. And this is kind of the distance here, negative cash flow potentially. You might need to uh, negative gear that, positive cash flow after tax, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? <clears throat> over here becomes where... Um, you know, the cash flow is good. Now, what happens if you uh, you go ahead and go, all right, well, you know, maybe, maybe I will, um, I'll start here, but I want to aggressively reduce that debt, okay? And then, you know, you bring your cash flow opportunity back closer. Your rents and, um, your rents and growth go up over time. You can accelerate those by doing things like, you know, we talked about it yesterday, furnishing your property and, you know, adding value and stuff like that. But what else can you do? There's some things you can control, which is, you know, aggressively reduce the debt if, if team, it's part of your plan. You don't debt reduce at the cost of buying the properties, okay? Um, and that's something that you talk to your coach about. So, um, again, we'll dive into that over the next bit. But debt reduce, all right? You know, when is it? When is the best time to reduce the debt? And um, what debt do you do, do you reduce? Because you don't reduce non-deductible debt, folks. Um, as a priority, you reduce uh, bad debt, debt that doesn't create an income, debt that's not tax deductible because it's not doing you any favours, folks, is it? It's not doing you any favours as you go. Right? Um, uh, number six, and it's not necessarily... It's not necessarily in any order, folks. And sometimes, you know, something like a financial plan. Uh, I caught up with a client the other day. Now, she's just turned 60. So her, her number one plan is her financial plan back here, which leads all of this stuff. Often it's either an acquisition plan or a financial plan. That's kind of the leader, the driver of, um, of what we're doing. And then the other plans kind of... Uh, Subserv subserviate, I don't know if that's even a word, 
fit into either the acquisition plan or the financial plan or a little bit of both, okay? So the fin plan and a lot of financial plans, um, you know, a lot of people, I've got a financial planner and, and I bought some life insurance, you know. Well, that's that's not financial planning, folks, let me tell you, but I won't, won't get on my high horse today. Um, financial planning is about cash flow uh, and asset and tax uh, and insurance planning um, over a, a 20 or 30 year period. How do you transition from owning a bunch of assets and having a job to uh, drawing an income from you know tax-free sources, tax-free places, and making sure all of your assets are in the most efficient place? How do you do that? Um, and an accountant doesn't, uh, it's not their specialty. Uh, and the right financial planner uh, knows how to do that and is the right person to talk to. Um, so there you go, Catherine. Okay, that's what you might need. Yep, perfect. Okay. And uh, last but not least, what I call uh, an acceleration plan. An acceleration plan. An acceleration plan. What happens, and some of you might not believe this because you're at the start of your journey, um, after, you know, uh, 10, 12, 15 years, the equity that you have in your you, 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 you get this problem. You get this massive problem, which is an awesome problem to have. It's a brilliant problem to have. You have a, a huge amount of wealth that's so lazy it's not funny. It's not creating enough for you. It's just sitting there on the bank's balance sheet, on your assets uh, register, but it's not creating enough income. It's not accelerating the debt fast enough, okay? Um, or not accelerating your wealth fast enough. And the acceleration plan, the wealth acceleration plan, this is where, you know, we talk about things. You, you guys have seen this, you know, we've, we've done this before. We talk about things like, you know, joint ventures, um, you know, um, small, you know, developments, you know, other types of deals where you might uh, accelerate some of your wealth by uh, creating trading activity or higher return activity because you can take a little bit more risk um, in the world of investing uh, because, you know, if you lost 50 or 100 grand out of 4 million, it's not the end of the world. Uh, if you lose 50 or 100 grand and you've only got 150 grand, that's a damn lot, folks. So, you know, it, it, it goes to the risk profile, okay? So, there's the seven plans, and we're going to sort of dive deep into each of those plans over the next seven Wealth Coffee Chats, folks, okay? Um, as we go along, I'll probably start Monday, Friday, tomorrow. I'll do a little bit of a market update, I think, um, as we go, but um, uh, that's where we're at uh, as we go. Uh, Brendan's got a question there. What sort of negative cash flow are you seeing people carrying at the moment after the increase rate rises? Yeah, Brendan, you know... Um, it's not unusual to see, you know, between five and 10 grand a year at the moment uh, for negative cash flow for people putting into their property portfolio. Now, it does depend, Brendan. It does depend on two things. Um, uh, your interest rate, you know, some interest rates can, at the moment, there's, you know, there's quite a difference in interest rates. You know, some can be a percent less and some are a percent higher depending on who you are and where you're borrowing from, and the others is uh, 
like negative cash flow after tax, depends on who you are, uh, whether you've got your PAYG tax flow variation going on, Brendan, um, as we go. The other one, folks, which is which is an interesting one because, and I might dive into this at, at some point, Brendan, as well, um, with your properties, right, um, not only... And this is where this is where sort of advanced lending um, occurs, right? So let's say I've got you know sixty percent on my regular, I've got twenty percent on my redraw, right? Um, and this is my that's my my actual loan. If if I need to, with my cash flow, if my dollars are negative, I can take you know a thousand bucks a. A thousand bucks a month out of my redraw, Brendan, and I can top up my negative cash flow by using some of my equity. So if it was twelve thousand dollars a year um, for this year, and because you want to navigate the ability for you know navigate the interest rates, and by you know mid twenty five, those interest rates go down a percent, and the rents go up, and and you'll be back at you know neutral or positive cash flow. Uh, I, I have always, 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 always used some of the property's equity to cover that if, um, uh, if I need to. Okay, so this is kind of advanced, um, advanced cash flow and cash management when it comes to your portfolio. The property, um, the property uh, can pay for itself. And uh, it just depends on where you're at, Brendan. You know, 80% lending, um, um, you, you probably won't have access to redraw to do that. You know, 70, 60, 50% lending plus a redraw facility is where you start to sort of get, you know, that, that going. So uh, reach out to your coaches. Looks like a few of you need to reach out to your coach um, as you go. Yeah, short-term rental for your principal place of residence for sure. Uh, remember... You know, you've got six years to, you know, rent your rent your principal place of residence out, uh, capital gains tax free as well. So remember that, um, um, and either move back in or sell it later on. So that's a that's a make sure you chat to your coach about the strategy. But there's there's some great stuff in there um, as you go. Yeah, Alison, the the car can um, can impact your servicing for sure. So. Have a little, uh, have a little chat to your coach and your finance broker and your plans. You know, sometimes I've said to people, get your, get your next property under your belt and then, then buy the car because after that, the the property doesn't affect the car purchase, but the car purchase affects the property purchase. <laughs> yep, um, they'll sell a car to anyone. Well, they'll finance a car to anyone anyway. There you go. All right, team. I think we've gone over a little bit today, but listen, over the next seven days, we'll do the seven plans. We'll dive in, you know, uh, and really sort of reset and um, get ourselves sorted for uh, where we might be at. All right, thanks for joining me. I know the old internet was playing up a little bit today, so hopefully it didn't um, uh, it didn't uh, affect it too much, folks. But uh, great to have you here and uh, join me tomorrow for another one. We'll do it again. 10 past 8. See you then, folks. Bye-bye.